When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wondering what's next in your business or personal life? Welcome to Success to Significance, Life After Breaking Through Glass Ceilings, a podcast dedicated to helping you with all of life's challenges, discoveries, and opportunities. Whether you're seeking a new career, retirement, or simply wanting to make an impact in your community or the world, join Jen Duplessis and her guests as they explore how to start, what to do when you're in the thick of a change or growth, and how to leave a mark in this world after breaking through your next achievement. You are moments away from the aha you've been seeking. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode. I'm your host, Jen Duplessis. I have a really fun guest with me today. And, you know, I just can't wait even to get started, but I have to take a moment to introduce Chris Westfall to you. has created a multi-million dollar revenue streams for companies in four continents with innovative new strategies and leadership communication. And boy, don't we know that this is a hot topic these days. As the U.S. National Elevator Pitch Champion, which is so intimidating (laughs) to me. He's helped clients to land on Shark Tank, Dragon's Den, and Shark Tank Australia, which is awesome. So you probably know Kevin Harrington. Well, maybe you do. I don't know. Kevin's a a friend of mine as well. He's a consultant to financial leaders and Fortune 100 companies and has helped entrepreneurs to launch a broad array of businesses and successfully rebranded products and services around the globe. And without further ado, I'm going to introduce you to him. He's an author. He's got all kinds of accolades and you'll see that in his bio. But, you know, I'm so excited, as I said. So welcome, Chris, to the show. I'm happy to have you. Jen, thank you so much. I hope I can live up to that introduction. That was fantastic. Thank you for that. (laughs) It's funny you say that because it is funny how we have bios and stuff. And, you know, I'll stand on the side of stage and they're reading and reading. And I'm like, oh, just get it over with. Let me come up there. Right. And and I'm the one who did it. But I mean, it's pretty impressive. And and especially right now, this is, a you know, we're running into our second year of COVID, second year of COVID. And there's a lot of reinvention going on. There's a lot of leadership question, questioning happening, you know, as do we have a brick and mortar office? Do we go virtual? You know, do I need the big team that I had? Do I need to grow a team because my business is growing? There's so many questions right now that people are having. And I hope that what we can do is just take the time to dissect this a little bit today and, you know, figure out what people may need at this particular time and point in. So with that said, tell us a little bit about you. I mean, how did you master this whole reinvention and, you know, the pitch and making sure that people have clarity about who they are and what they want? Let's start there. Mastery for me came from necessity. I tell you, I wish I could say I had a deliberate six-step process. And when I implemented it, (laughs) magic happened, Jen. It was fantastic. Right. But, you know, I suspect maybe a lot like you that I found myself in the course of my career doing things that I, looking back, I go, I really didn't have any business doing that. Things that I achieved. uh, Well, accomplishments. Things that I was able to accomplish that I look back and I went, how did I do that? Yeah. And 
<laughs> and I decided to take some time to sort of reverse engineer and look at what is the nature of success? Yeah. In other words, not just, you know, what are the strategies and tactics, but kind of going upstream from there and saying, where does success really come from? And for me, what I've discovered, especially during these times, these times of quarantine and isolation and all the challenges that we're facing is that results really come from a change in identity. A change in identity. And that may sound okay. that may sound outrageous, but for me, what I have discovered is that when people recognize who it is that they really are, ah. that from this place they're able to achieve some amazing things. And for me, I was too naive to know who I wasn't. So I developed an identity right. that was something that really helped me to succeed. And now what I do for my coaching clients and what I hope to do in this call and every possible opportunity that I get, I want to help people to see who they are so that they understand that from a place of commitment to who they are, they can create new results. It's really a question of identity. Right. So why do you think we kind of meander around not knowing our identity? I mean, that so many people do. Do you think it starts from childhood and that just became your identity or an undertone of your identity, regardless of what you're doing in your adult career? Or do you think that we sort of fell into it and it works? So we'll just go with it until it doesn't work, right? What are some things? Because as soon as you would mention that, I'm like, gosh, do I know my identity? If someone said, what's your identity? I don't know that I can describe it, my identity. So give us some deeper thoughts there on assessing this. Well, first of all, how to identify your identity? It's very simple. It is to simply say, I am a blank and yeah. fill in the blank. What is okay. that thing that you are? And it's easy to go, well, that's the, I am the thing that I do. Right. right. I am my yeah. career. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or I am a husband. I am a wife. I am a daughter. Right. I'm a son. Right. Yeah. But the thing that we really have to look into and you ask about the, the deeper level is really looking in the direction of values. What it is that we value that really matters to us. Didn't yeah. that make you laugh? Why does that make you laugh? Oh, I know because, well, I talk about this all the time. I mean, one of the things that I say a lot is in that I created was a life of values adds value everywhere in your life. And, you know, having that clarity of what are my values? What are the things that I really hold true that are my principles? And most people can't figure that out. In fact, a lot of people say, what are your core values? And they say, family? Well, I don't know. Is it a question or is it a core value? And to find that, sometimes you have to go the opposite direction and find out what you don't like to assess what you what is a core value. Interesting that our weaknesses point us toward our strengths, in other words, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, if you don't like people not being ethical, then ethics are a value. Being honest is a value. I mean, it's it's just simple that way, but you do have to slow down and think through it. But no, I, I love it. It's just so in alignment with me. So that's what I love. What do you think? What do you think that indicates, Jen? Great minds think alike. Oh, what, yeah, of what, course. What are you trying to say? Of course. I, Great well, leaders. I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, and you have excellent <laughs> ideas and excellent taste, Jen. I'm certain of it because we think the same way. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. No, I think, and so I didn't mean to interrupt you by giggling, but it was a good giggle. <laughs> it was a good giggle. I, see. I, I think it is a good giggle. Hey, you know, the thing that shows up for me is that people, they're not unable to access their values and their identity. You're right. Sometimes they're afraid to admit it. Yeah. And to step into it. Yeah. And, and I've been there because if I step into my identity is, am I bragging? Am I, right. am I going to offend someone by the thing that matters to me? Is someone going to look at that and go, well, that's, he's taking from me by saying, you know, by claiming his space. But yeah, it's your conviction. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's always open, open for scrutiny. I think, you know, just because, well, especially in the United States, because we have freedom of speech, right? So we're just, we're always, you know, looking at that. So values, obviously, and that creates your identity. So you would say then to someone listening, please take some time to figure out what is meaningful in your life. What is truly meaningful, who you really are, not who you think everybody else thinks you should be, not who your grandma thinks you should be. Going back deep and looking at that and saying, you know, really what, who am I? Who am I is this one individual over billions and billions of people. And so many times we look back at the way that we were raised or how we were brought up or what it is that we've gone through or what we got, you know, for our birthday when we turned nine or whatever. Or didn't Those get. Are, or didn't get. As and the, the case impact became. it's had, right. Sure. <laughs> and not to deny any of those experiences, but here's what I know. And I like to look in the direction of things that I know to be true, not just things that I believe or things that are faith-based or things that occur to me because of my own personal experience, mm-hmm. but looking in the direction of the human experience that we all share I am who I am because of my experiences and also in spite of them. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, I am more than my experiences. I am more than the way that I was raised. And yes, I have had disappointments and I've had victories in my life. And if I choose to live in the defeats or the victories, neither one of those, neither one of those perspectives is true. Yeah. Meaning it's not right now. In other words, if I'm busy patting myself on my back for my past accomplishments and I look at and I read my own bio and I feel how impressive I must come across, you know, it's like smelling my own aftershave and being like, wow, it's delightful. It's just fantastic. <laughs> that, that is not helpful to anyone. Right. And, is, and, and then the reverse is true. Being trapped in the challenges. I mean, there have been times when life has thrown me up against a fence. I have had a lot of challenges in my life that I've had to overcome more than others, not as much as some. I understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the point is, we always have the ability to rise above our circumstances and our experiences. And that's not motivational. That's how human beings are wired. We have that capacity. And when we get lost in the thoughts of the past, when we get lost in the thoughts of an identity that's been created for us by someone else, my question is, how long do you want to hang on to an identity that's not serving you? How long do you want to live with an image, a self-image that doesn't create the future that you want? Because in my work, I'm not interested in fixing the past. I leave that to the therapists. (laughs) But as a coach, I am very interested in reshaping and creating the future and changing our relationships with who we are, our identities to create new opportunities. That's really the basis of what my work has become. And a lot of people come to me, like you and I were talking about, they come to me like, Chris, I need a really good hook. I need really some, I need something to say. You know, if I just had that one, you know, that 15 second phrase, yes, then I would be, and I go, then you would be what? What, desired, irresistible, wealth beyond your imagination? Does that really look true? I mean, the fact of the matter is that, that success isn't a script and being compelling and persuasive doesn't come from just the words that you choose because you and I both know people can say the same words, but different people saying the same words doesn't come across the same way. No, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. I love that. So, you know, so that sort of leads us into this. How do you get out of that funk if you're in that funk? And a lot of people are in that now with COVID because of circumstances that have happened around them. And sometimes because they've had enough quiet time, you know, to uh, be silent and know, right, from the Bible, to be quiet and know. Um, now they're saying, ooh, ooh, maybe I don't like my identity was, and maybe I do need to change that. So what are some things that people could be doing now 
you know, as we're thinking about making this shift and that's kind of what it is and reinventing yourself, what are some things that they can be doing to get out of that status that they're in, that they feel they're in their self-status and say, you know, I want to emerge from this cocoon of COVID as a butterfly. And I want to be something totally different. What can they be doing to get out of the state that they're in now and move themselves to and shift and transform themselves to a new state? What a fantastic question. What can you do to shift to a new state? I read, and it doesn't involve moving to a different state. You can stay in the state that you're in and still be in a different, no, emotional state is what you mean. (laughs) Emotional state. I get it. I understand. I'm with you hundred percent. But I read this incredible book that I love and the book is called The Rich Man's Secret. And I am going to save you and everyone listening to the sound of my voice, 254 pages because- Cliff notes. I'm going to reveal the rich man's secret. (laughs) And here it is. And it points in the direction of transformation. And uh, the rich man's secret, it's a story of a man who travels with his wife. His wife has won a sales contest and she's involved in a conference during the day. And so he's wandering this small town while his wife is involved in meetings. And he happens to stumble across a diary, a diary that was created by the guy who founded the town. So it's like this kind of time capsule story. And yeah. So the diary is like, that's the rich man of the rich man's secret. He was the founder of the town. And and he goes through and he reads about how this guy founded the town. And he happens to meet an old woman who lives in the town who knew the guy when she was a little girl. Anyway, I digress. So the rich man's secret is this, and it points in the direction of reinvention. Always take the first step, nothing more, nothing less. Mm -hmm. And the next will reveal itself to you. This is the theme of the rich man's secret. And if you find yourself being stuck, like a stick in a stream that is stuck. The stick doesn't need therapy. It just needs a nudge. It just needs a little push in a different direction. Yeah, I love You know that. what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so what is that first step? And because it's so easy and look, I'm the first to raise my hand and say, quarantine crazies, it's real. I feel it. I feel exactly what you're describing. I'm up in my head. I'm an extroverted person by nature. I like to be around people. I haven't been able to fulfill that. Although mm-hmm. thanks to Zoom, I, I do, but it's not the same. No. So my point is in terms of how do I go about reinventing? How do we go about reinventing ourselves? What's that little nudge? What's that little action? What's that first step that you can take? And people say, well, I'm not sure what that step is. I don't know what that reinvention might be. Well, then I would give you two words, two words that can help you to identify that. And not only to identify your identity and what's missing and how to get unstuck, but this will help you to be a better partner to your spouse. This will help you to do a better job of washing the dishes. It will help you to make a decision more effectively. And here are those two words. Are you ready? You ready, Jen? Here they come. You ready? Yeah. Slow down. Yeah. Love it. Are you with me? Yep. Slow down long enough to see things in a new way. If I'm sitting here and I'm saying to you, I'm stuck, I'm all up in my head, I can't think about anything else, I'm trapped, and da, 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 da. and you can hear the mental chatter, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, watch our, look at our screen. Oh my God, that's hilarious because we're both going, ah, la, 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 la. Yeah, one of the things I say all the time is slow down to speed up, you know, and this is the be quiet and no, be silent and no. Yeah, you have to, you have to just kind of slow down. I thought you were going to tell me, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> from the old Bob Newhart, the Newhart Saturday Night Live show, the psychiatrist, he just, you know, she, he comes in and the girl comes in and she's like, oh, 
you know what? I'm afraid. I'm afraid someone's going to bury me alive in a box. And he's like, well, just stop it. Stop thinking that way. Stop it. You know, and it's just a really funny thing. But yeah, you're right. I mean, it does require slowing down. There are a lot of people who are slowed down now. And now they're at that fork in the road and they're thinking, you know, what do I want to go back to that J-O-B at that office and an hour commute and all the other things? Or should I stay here? Should I be an entrepreneur? Should I start philanthropy? You know, what should I be doing? So the slow down, I get, I totally get. But if someone's listening and they're saying, but I've been slowed down and I still don't know what I'm going to do. What advice do you have for them? Look in the direction of what's not quarantined. What is it that hasn't been shut down, taken away? We've all experienced a sense of loss, but what is it that can be a pathway to possibilities? And by looking in that direction and looking away from what's quarantined, what is it that that you can see in a new way? That's where I would start. Yeah. You know, I was talking to my coaching clients the other day, we had a coaching call and I mean, I've sort of been preaching this for a year to them, but they're like, well, you know, what I was going to do is this, but because of quarantine, I can't. And I'm like, I don't understand that. I don't understand why you can't do something because of quarantine. Um, because we can still meet one-to-one. We can still have a, a call like this, you know, a, a video call and an audio call. My husband and I double date with our friends via video. Right? I cook my meal, they cook their meal, and we sit and we chat and have, have a double day. You can still do networking. You can still do masterminds. You can still do a sales call. You can still present. You can still negotiate. There's absolutely nothing that you can't do because of COVID when it comes to moving your business forward. There's nothing. It's not, not always the desired way of doing it, but it doesn't mean it can't be done. Right. And looking at that desired way is, I think, where the conversation really starts. So many times people, I don't know if you run into this, Jen, I suspect that you do. People want to jump into the how-to. How do I do this? How do I, how do I do what you're describing? Jen, there's, you know, how do I create that? And how do I do those things, right? Which is sort of like a, how does Zoom work kind of thing? I mean, we're asking, we're really asking questions that we already know the answers to. It looks like the how-to is the mystery, but it's not. It's the want-to. Yes. want to that leads us to figure things out. And that's been what I've been on a journey of discovery to find out as I've restructured my business and pointed my business in a new direction because the world has shifted. We have to adapt to the way the world works now. Well, and a lot of people are still saying when it gets back to normal, this is normal. This is the new normal. It has made a dramatic shift in the world to another new normal. It's sort of like when internet came out, they said, you know, it's a fad, it'll go away. (laughs) And people today that are still saying, I still don't believe in it. Well, I don't get it. I don't get it. It, You know, this is the new normal. So that's a great segue into leadership because that is a big buzzword right now. You know, taking leadership of your life, taking leadership, you know, or demonstrating or the going on the journey of leadership to lead others right? So tell us a little bit about, or a lot about leadership and how you see that going forward for corporations and for entrepreneurs and, you know, for people and just generally, what do you think that's going to look like? Because it is, it's a new type of leader nowadays. It's not general patent anymore. It's not huge. Help me, you know, we've got five generations in the workforce at the same time, never before seen. Yeah. Well, let me, let me ask you, I know you're asking the questions, Jen, but when you think about leadership and the essence of leadership, I mean, what shows up for you that people are missing when it comes to leadership right now? Well, for me right now, what's showing up is collaboration. 
You know, I think that leadership is more collaborative than it ever was. It's not a dictatorship because of the different generations that we have now. No one wants to be told what to do, especially in our lower aged group generation. It's very much a community. It's very much lead by example. It's not pushing a string from behind and telling you what to do. It's pulling the string and leading from the front. And uh, so I've tried to be as innovative as I possibly could be in my gratitude, in my communication, in my follow through, in my leading by example, in making sure that if I'm on time, you know, if I'm early, I'm on time. If I'm on time, I'm late. And if I'm late, don't bother, right? Just making sure that I am climbing to a new altitude uh, for myself, for myself as a leader of my team, as a leader of my family, engaging more as a leader in relationships, you know, with everything as a coach, as a coach leading, you know, leading people is helping them see what's possible. Mm, no doubt. And helping point them toward their own resourcefulness and their own potential. Yeah. You know, for me, a couple of things that show up as being really important to consider, especially in the context that you're talking about, you know, sort of this empathetic leader. Nobody wants General Patton. Nobody wants to be uh-uh. told what to do. And yet we still have to communicate that. And so how do we do that? As the communications coach, helping to persuade and influence people from a place yeah. of authenticity and caring, which is really what you're talking about, is vital to me. And I you know, that great book that Simon Sinek wrote, Start With Why. Yeah. Start With Why. I read that book. I mean, the first time I saw that title, and I actually had the chance to meet Simon Sinek when the book first came out. And I read that title. I thought, Start With Why. That is brilliant. But what comes next? Yeah. You know, what's next? Okay. And why? And when most people can't figure (laughs) that out, and that's goal, that's the values as well. (laughs) It it is. And that golden circle, that video will help you to do that. I don't disagree. But for me, I'm a practical man and I'm very process oriented. I'm like, well, what is step two? And step two is where I think we are right now. I think we're in phase two of leadership. I think that we all have to start with why and look at why we're doing what we're doing. But if you wish to influence others, consider the classic answer to the question, why? And, you know, when your kids were little and they'd say, why, what would you say? Because. because. Some, people, some people say, because I, I said, said so. so. Yes, there it is. It was a little gentler in my house, Jen. I don't know. That's just. <laughs> I said so. Now go do it. Yeah. But in this day and age, I think that we need to look in the direction of because and not because I said so, but always offering a reason yeah. why. So that the reason is what drives behavior. And For the folks listening, I would consider what is that because that you can share? What is that reason? And for those of you that that are in leadership positions, you go, look, I don't owe my team an explanation. And because I said so feels about right. Well, I would just raise my hand and say, is that all you got? Are you open to another way of looking at it? Because your team hopes the answer is yes. Sharing a reason and a rationale is what makes a leader impactful. And in fact, it is that rationale, the way that you explain your because that helps people to see your thought process, your leadership, and that you're doing the things that you're describing, right? It's one thing to say, I'm a caring, empathetic leader. And it's quite another to just demonstrate it right, right. in the words that you choose and the actions yeah. that you take. So yeah, so that's something that's very powerful. And, and yeah. oh, go ahead, Jen. I, can, I, no, I, was, I was gonna say, I mean, I mean, that is, you know, I think very powerful. I have a couple of people on my team that are, Jen uh, Wise, <laughs> get all my all my things in there because Aziz just entered the workforce. So twenty five right now, right? That's where our fifth one just came in, right? And 
when I think about the whys, because that's my kids, my kids are that age and they're, you know, very, very successful kids and things, but they are, you know, whereas other generations just, it's out of duty, it's out of work ethic that I'll just do it and not question you know, which is part of my generation. It's just like the boss said to do it. So, you know, we just do it like it or not. You got to do it. They're your boss. Right. And we carry that with us. And I think those that are still working in that arena who are in my, you know, I'm a baby boomer. People that are in that arena are going to lose out dramatically. And I'm concerned about it because people may be saying, Hey, I'm going to be an entrepreneur and I'm going to manage the way I was managed not the way that this new generation is expecting to be managed. And that is with communication and collaboration, which was the first word that came out, right? Recognition, right? Recognition, community involvement, empathy, care for people. These are things that are really, really important to these young kids, you know, these days. You just could never be in a position now to say, because I said so. You just can't because you've got them in your audience, you know, of people, a team that you're talking to. And of course, you have to be sensitive to the fact that you have someone else in the audience who isn't used to this collaboration and just said, you know, why are you whining? Why are you whining, Gen Wire? What? It's silly. Just go do the thing, right? So you have to be sort of, there's a book called Six Hats. And I love that book because, yeah. yeah. It's a great book, but we almost need six hats for leaders right now, right? As you have to wear these five different hats plus your own personality, right? Like six different leadership hats where you are becoming sort of a chameleon to be able to resonate and get and pull the most, not pull so much, but get the most out of everybody by making sure that you're communicating with them in a way that resonates for them personally. So I didn't mean to take your thunder. I mean, but that's why I was saying that. So this is to spotlight you, you, it's a spotlight you. So, you know, if you are, let's say you're 57 <laughs> and you're and sort of that good for 57, uh, let's you. just get it out there. Thank you. Uh, if you're 57 and you know, you're, you're a baby boom and you come from that do, 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 what are some tips that you can give or not even, they're not even really tips, but what would you want to tell someone that helps them sort of recognize that they're not, it's not that way anymore. So if you're going to be an entrepreneur and you want to be successful, there's a new leadership rule in town. Absolutely. And it goes beyond the six thinking hats. It goes beyond trying to shift from a baseball cap to a cowboy hat to a toboggan hat. It's about going upstream. And let me explain, because if I'm constantly trying to position myself so that I'm in alignment with who you are, Mm -hmm. and I have to change like a chameleon or shift my hat so that I can talk to someone of a different age or to cross a gender boundary or whatever the case may be, that's going to be exhausting. Yeah, it would be To me, leadership is about going upstream beyond our differences to find our place of connection. And let me explain. That's where collaboration really starts is with our humanity. And recognize it. Of course, we have different personalities. Of course, we have different different Myers-Briggs profiles and all those kinds of things. And I'm not here to deny DISC profiles or their value. But I am here to say that in my experience, when you speak as a leader about those things that are universal, that people know to be true, I'm talking about things that work, whether you are 19 years old or 49 or 57 or wherever you're from or whatever your background is, I'm talking about those universal things that we all know to be true. And I speak with my co-clients and I write about it in my books, these universal truths, I call them high concepts. They're ideas that connect us all. And when those ideas are presented in a way that shares these principles 
so that people understand what you're sharing is not a matter of belief. You're not trying to get people to believe in what you're telling them or adapt to a boomer mentality when that isn't a fit for them or to, for that matter, adopt a Western mentality when that is not a fit for them. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, there are all yeah, kinds absolutely. of different differences. Yeah. So in order to welcome as many people which is a message of collaboration, which is a message of inclusion. If you want to be a more powerful leader, look in the direction of our humanity. Look in the direction of things that you know to be true that are irrefutable, like the law of gravity. I mean, I may not like the law of gravity, but if I trip and fall, I'm going to hit the ground. And that's how it works. It. Yeah, everyone, everyone gets it. Gets it. It, doesn't yeah. matter. it doesn't matter if I believe in it or not. That's how things work. Yeah. And leaders talk about the way things work and how people can make things work for them. And from that place, I think that's much more powerful than trying to consistently adapt, right, and play this game, you know. You know, maybe individually you're doing that, but as a collective whole, it has to be more universal. Can you give us an example of what you mean by humanity? So like walk us into an office, you know, and into walk us into an office that's on Zoom, <laughs> whatever it is. But walk us into an office, and you know, and somebody's a brand new leader in an office, you know, they have this brand new leadership role, this management role, they're the CEO of the company, and they're pulling everybody together, and they're going to have a big team meeting. And they've got all of this diversity in front of them. What's something that comes out of their mouth that demonstrates what you're talking about, you know, having gone upstream, the way everybody comes downstream, well, they have all different paths that they come downstream, but going back upstream, so we can all start together. What are you saying? So as the meeting begins for this executive, because I just had a coaching session with a senior executive at Facebook yesterday where we were talking about this exact same thing. Oh, that's thing. great. Yeah. So in the coaching clients that I work with, this comes up a lot because we're looking in the direction of leadership and executive presence. And so the yeah. question is, before the conversation begins, where do you put your attention? Yeah. Because where you put your attention is where you find your results. And if your attention is on, you know, who's the high D in this conversation? Who's the I? Where are my S's? Right, right, I need right. them. I need them to be on my team. Now I'm lost in thought, right? Yes. And you will go home that night and go, oh, I wish I had said. Right. <laughs> or I know that I, lo I knew that I lost it for her because I didn't address it the way that, yeah. honest. It, is there a way to communicate that reaches across age, gender, and experience and lifestyle boundaries? Mm -hmm. The answer has to be yes. Do we always find it? No, that's why I stay so busy. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I don't. <laughs> but here's where we looked yesterday, just yesterday in my coaching call. We looked in the nature, the nature of influence, because this individual had to influence as a leader. How can I lead and influence my team? And that, right. by the way, that means people that he reports to, as well as people that report to him on the yeah. call. So you, you got it going both ways, right? Across all generations, up and down. How do you do that? The answer is you look at the nature of influence. And I ask him, where do you think influence comes from? And here's where we arrived. And I don't know if you see this and you may say, this is crazy, but this is what we discovered that true influence that cuts across boundaries starts with service, hmm. service. And the leader mm -hmm. that stands in front of the group and looks in the direction of service. It's like the old Zig Ziglar quote. If you help enough people to get what they want. You'll get what you want. You get what you yeah. want. Yeah. Serving them, serving the clients, serving the vendors, serving the, you know, the community. There's like, you know, all of those things. It's funny. I actually like that. I actually, you know, and I don't know if you arrived at it or helped them arrive at that word, or if they happen to arrive at that particular word, I'm trying to, is that your methodology or did they arrive at it for them for that particular event? Jen, my methodology is collaboration. 
and yeah. what shows up in the moment. Just yeah. like, I don't know what I'm going to say next. I'm not reading. I'm not through. Well, I'm, I know. I'm, I actually do have I this never note know card. What I'm going to say. There's just one. <laughs> That's all I have. It says commitment. commitment. Right. Yeah, there you go. Just throw a commitment. It's funny because when you said that, you know, to be, you know, and I usually don't do political anything, but I'm just, I'm looking at a new president, you know, who's going to be sworn in and, you know, a week or two or whenever it is. And, you know, how does someone like him walk, you know, walk out onto that stage? And I live near DC, so I've been down there before. Walk out on that stage, you know, and right in front of the Capitol and talk to millions and millions of people and be able to influence them so that all listen, because we're so dissected right now that how to, I mean, what, a, I wouldn't want the job. <laughs> I wouldn't want that job. I want to be a leader, but no, thanks. I don't want it, that job because there's, I mean, that's a, the epitome of diversity and what we're experiencing right now in our country. And everyone's going to be looking to what is he going to say? And is he going to talk to me? And you're right. He can't go, oh, and you live in Midwest and you're West Coast and East Coast and you're purple and you're whatever. And, you know, all that. I mean, I imagine is his word service or is he going to come up with something else? I, I don't claim to know what lies ahead, particularly at a political yeah, arena. Yeah. But from a leadership standpoint, I do know this. The way to cut across all the various boundaries that you describe for any leader, and that's a bold statement. Yeah is to look in the direction of service and the service that our new leaders provide will show us what they value, will show us how they think things through, will be the source of their credibility as their promises come to life or not. We will know their service and through their words and their actions, as they take the first step, the next will reveal itself. Yeah, there you go. The reason that I think it's so valuable to look in the direction of service is because when we see leaders that we admire, we're able to see the service that they wish to provide, whether it's serving a market, integrity, values, that all shows up. Yeah. And I wonder for the folks listening to us today, how they might answer this question. How can you serve at a deeper level? That's where the coaching call went yesterday. And that's service with a capital S. I'm not talking about getting somebody's dry cleaner and washing their car for them. That's important stuff, but that's not the leadership no, conversation. No. Yeah, about. yeah. No, it's, you know, it's doing care. There's, I mean, I mean, I have all the right words here, but I mean, for me, it's showing care, you know, and that goes to the old thing. People don't care how much you know until they know how much care. And I, I do think that's important, but showing the care that you have for the personal growth of that individual, showing the care and patience and presence you have to help that individual do a great job so that they can be recognized for doing a great job rather than, I always said, leadership is not pointing the finger because that's what a lot of people do. It's like your fault, your fault, your fault. You didn't do this right. You didn't do that. Rather than doing thumb pointing, saying, ah, I didn't explain it properly. I didn't ask enough questions. I wasn't curious enough. I asked you if you knew what to do and you just, you said, yeah, but I didn't say, are you sure? Is there a loophole here? Can you, you know, I didn't have the curiosity to ask it. And yet if it went wrong, it's just finger pointing, mm. thumb pointing. And that gets back to service, what you're saying. Yeah. And, and I, I think them well. And I serve them well. Yeah. Because if you're looking in the direction of service, truly service with a capital S, big service, service that helps people to be more than who they are right now, or who they may even think they're capable of. Yeah. What you're talking about from that place of inserting that value, that intention. Now you see that closing the loop is important, that making sure that the message is received and understood so that there is no discrepancy. There's no unmet expectation. You look in the direction of agreement so that that expectation 
can become something that's not kept inside, but that's articulated. These are the kinds of tactics and strategies that I go into, but the foundation of it is... What is it that you really want to do? And how can you support people in a deeper way? The success of this new administration, again, I'm not a political guy, but the success of any administration, any new leadership team depends on the service that they provide to help people to win, to help people to come through difficult times. Whatever those difficult times are, whatever it is that your chosen profession is, the service that you offer, how can you offer it at a deeper level? And how can you offer it more richly, more fully? I'm constantly looking in that direction. Yeah. And one of the things that I, oh, go ahead, Jen, I can tell. No, 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 that's okay. No, I wasn't going to. (laughs) Maybe I was breathing. (laughs) It could be. (laughs) I was just going to say, you know, I, I remember a time when I was talking to a guy, a coaching client in Europe, I think he was in Germany and his name was Eric. And he spoke, I believe it was five languages. And I asked him a stupid question, Jen. I said, uh, so Eric, let me ask you a stupid question. (laughs) Why is it that we're speaking English today? Yeah. And he goes, Chris, that's the only language that you understand. Yeah. And I thought, you know what? That's absolutely answer that I was looking for. And I think that effective leaders, instead of trying to get people on their page and speak their language or waste time trying to, you know, do some kind of verbal jujitsu to guess who it is that I'm talking to, why not speak to the thing that you know you can count on, which is our humanity and the things that you know to be true, like the way gravity works or the way that a fulcrum works or the fact that water boils at 212 degrees Fahrenheit. These are principles and facts. And when we establish our leadership credibility by discussing those things that are irrefutable, we create credibility, we create influence, we create an atmosphere that allows people to trust in our thought process. Because what we're talking about is not trying to share a lie with somebody and hope that they believe in it, tell that lie in as pretty a way as possible so they believe in it. We're dealing in is truth. And whatever that truth might mean in your business, but looking in that direction of principles that allow people to say he or she gets it, sees the forest and the trees. This is where credibility really comes from. And when you speak and act and move towards this value of discussing things that are irrefutable, your impact as a leader increases exponentially. And how you show up, your identity changes from the things that you say and the way that you say them and the actions that you take on the back of the things that you say, which is really, that's a discussion about integrity. That's really a discussion about being who you say you are. All of these things are vital to leadership. But if you want to collaborate in a greater way, talk to people about what it is that they know to be true before you share your expertise, before you share your insights what is it that shows that you see the forest and the trees? Because- yeah, that's powerful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I um as you were saying that, you know, I think it also brings in the word that you just threw away, commitment. <laughs> Because when people, yeah, you better go get that. Yeah. When people, you know, see you approaching them in that way and, you know, meeting them where they are rather than having, pulling them to where you are, trying to pull them to where you are. I think you get commitment and loyalty, you know, in everybody that you're working with. It doesn't matter if it's a networking partner or family member or somebody in your job. It really invokes a lot of that commitment to the relationship and to your success too. And then it becomes the law of reciprocation, right? Or reciprocity. And people are saying, well, now that you've helped me, how can I help you? That really is the true push pull that happens. At least I see it when I do it right. Sometimes I don't even know if I'm doing it right. It just happens. But when I'm doing it right, I see it reveal itself 
in the way that my team might come to me and say, hey, I know you said this, but I actually think there's a better way. And I say, oh, great, let's talk about it. You know, tell me about it because I want to know if there's a better way. And there's not a fear of going to the leader and suggesting a better way. And, and what happens if that fear exists? What that means is you cut yourself off from new ideas. Yeah, absolutely. It's just like a big thumb smushing thing. You know, you're just smushing everyone's everything, everything about them, their spirit, their goals, their growth. And oh, if it's going to be like this and with everybody, I won't do it at all. And, you know, gosh, that'd be so sad for some people to do. So let me ask you this, Chris, you know, as we kind of end up our time here together, I know you've written some books and things like that, but what can our listeners do for you? The thing that listeners can do for me is to explore what leadership means, not in an academic sense, but in a personal sense. Because it's, it's like this. If you know all the rules of boxing, the sport of boxing and the history of boxing since 1871, that's not going to help you when you're about to get punched in the face. Right. And life is a contact sport. Mm-hmm. And if you are interested in being better at playing the game of leadership and the game of life, then investigate, not from an informational perspective, but from a transformational perspective. Mm -hmm. If what we've said today resonates and you want to be the person that you know you are, but for whatever reason, you aren't able to get there, look in the direction of transformation and how can you create that change? And I've developed a number of resources that can help point in that direction, not the least of which is the links that people will be able to to receive and to find out about the programs that I've created. But also there are a number of free resources that people can look at, like my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com forward slash Westfall online. You can also find me on Instagram and on Twitter, also at Westfall online. My last name is like the direction in the season. West. <laughs> You've probably um, said that a bunch of times, haven't you? <laughs> I have, and I still managed to screw it up, Jen. I don't know. I know is that funny? Is that funny? I, you know, it's funny. I was on the marketers cruise last year, this time, about this time last year, actually in a couple of days about this time last year. And I actually think my husband and I think we got COVID then because we were sick for six weeks with fevers. And oh my coffee. God. Yeah. And uh, mm. we came back, you know, it was at the end of January when we got back and, and all that good stuff. But it was so funny because I'm like, you know, work less, live more, work less, live more. And I got up there and I go, Hey, and I mean, I've been a speaker for 20 years. I've been on big, big stages. I ended up there and I'm like, work more and live less. <laughs> you know, and I've said it a thousand times. <laughs> And then when I said it, I just looked and I go, oh, you guys know what I mean. Whatever. I'm done. Okay. Someone else go. (laughs) Thank you. Mic drop. Yeah. Yeah. Mic drop. And I walked away and my husband's like, what was that? And I go, I'm not even embarrassed about it. They all know what I meant. And I didn't, you know, and it was what it was, but that's awesome. So yeah, we'll make sure we have all the links in there. And so I want to ask you this. Do you have a quote that you would like to share with everyone that we could share with them? Sure. This quote's from Mark Twain. It ain't what you don't know that can hurt you. It's what you think you know that just ain't so. Yep, I love that. I love that quote. I love that quote. Thank you so much because that's exactly what it is. I mean, it definitely we know knowledge is power, but application of it is more powerful. And, you know, again, action, like you said, is a contact sport. You can go and learn how to be a cardiologist online. You can learn how to perform a heart surgery. You can watch it, but until you actually do it and you practice it, you won't become that heart surgeon and you won't become that leader in the same manner unless you're doing right. Indeed. I love it. 
I love it. Amen. Well, listen, thank you so much, Chris, for joining us today. We really appreciate it. This is such a timely topic. And this is, you know, I think this is the year of everybody working on each other. I've said for two or three years now, this is the soaring 20s. This is the opportunity for people to soar to new heights in every capacity possible to really become better humans all the way around. And everyone's kind of fussing and trying to figure out how to do it. And I think that's why we're seeing what we see in our world right now but everyone's working on getting better. I don't know anyone who's not working on getting worse. It's just stumbling through it as we try to figure it out. So I'm excited for the next decade. I think this will truly be the soaring 20s for us. And I think that your contribution will help others be leaders for leaders to be able to take everyone to those new places and those new transformations. So thank you for what you're doing. Thank you, Jen. So So great to be here. It's a pleasure. Thank you for being on the show. I really appreciate it. And I just want to say to everybody, thank you so much for listening in and be sure to write us a review and give us a great five-star rating. And we hope that we have done something today, said something today. There's one little ounce of something that you got today that will help improve your life or your business. And so we look forward to seeing you the next time. Take care. You've been listening to Success to Significance with Jen Duplessis, the number one podcast for people wanting to give more value and make an impact. Loved this episode? Be sure to subscribe right now at www.jenduplessis.com S2S for more stories, strategies, and thoughts to help you gain significance and success. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Join us next week for another breakthrough episode. Thank you for listening.